Everybody, and welcome to the Awkward Inverts Guide to the Apocalypse, the podcast that's here while you jet away the day. I'm Josephine Reilly. And I'm Zombie Tia. And today we are talking about Piper's second least favorite mayor, John Hancock. Uh, it's really funny that his brother is her first least favorite mayor. I don't know. I think Hancock's doing a great job personally. I don't see why he's her second least favorite. I mean, I feel like there's got to be someone out there doing a worse job than him. Right. I can only think of the two mares off the top of my head in Fallout 4, but there's got to be someone else. <laughs> there's got to be somebody who is just bad at their job. Right. And we're talking about, like, the difference between McDonough and Hancock, which is one's like, no ghouls in the city, and the other one's like, hey, I love everybody as long as y'all are chill. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, okay. I mean, good neighbor seems a better place to live, truthfully. Honestly, it does. A much more laid-back environment and not the upper stands mm-hmm. assholes, so. I'm a little concerned about some of the crime that goes on in good neighbor. Yeah. But also, ghouls are allowed to live there, so it's a better place. Right. <laughs> In case anyone doesn't know, the voice actor for Hancock is uh, Danny Sherego, and you should absolutely look him up and then watch the video of him dressed as Hancock singing the songs from Fallout. It's amazing. What? This is a thing? Yeah, this is a thing. Like, his voice actor literally cosplayed as him and then was like, I don't remember what songs he sang for sure, but it's amazing. Oh my god. Where has this been all my life? But particularly this last year of my life. This is something I never knew I needed, but I need it so bad. I feel like I let you down in a way that I did not send this to you or inform you of it. Done. 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 I'm so sorry. It's fine. I forgive you. Oh, he was singing The Wanderer, and he also does I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. Well... Guess what I'm doing tonight after we're done recording? Guess what I'm sending you right now as we're recording? Perfect. Even better. There, I sent you one. (laughs) Perfect. Now I won't forget because I have a horrible memory. I won't even lie. It's true. And now you have this in your life to cheer you up. I do. I might post it on Facebook just so it'll pop up every year for the rest of Facebook time. That's a great idea. All right, we should get into talking about actual Hancock, though. Yes, we should. Not going on about Good Neighbor and then the voice actor. And I mean, I guess it's all connected, right? It is, Strings on a board and all that. Of course. Of course. 
So, in my head, he had been a ghoul for a long time. Yeah. Like, not a horribly long time, but, you know, quite a while in my head. Right. Yeah, in my head as well. I figured it had been, you know, like 10 years at least. Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. But apparently he was only a ghoul for around five years? That's not that long. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was a little floored by the fact it had only been five years. Yeah. And, I mean, that is a decent amount of time to make a name for yourself. But he's, like, almost legendary in the Commonwealth, it feels like. It feels like he had been around a while. Right. That's not really so much the case. Right. And in my head, I had also figured he had been a ghoul for a while, and then the events that led to him being the mayor transpired. Mm -hmm. But then it gets condensed down to a five-year period. And it's like, okay, so was he only a ghoul for like a year, maybe? Or was he like a brand new ghoul when everything went down? Yeah, that is a good question. And I wish that like they had done a lot more building on him like they did with Nick. Yeah. It's mildly disappointing because he is such a good character, but it feels like they did not put into him what one would hope. Exactly. And especially, like, the most I was let down in this game was when you went and found out that McDonough was actually a synth and there was absolutely nothing between him and Hancock. Like, Hancock talks it on it a tiny bit, but he doesn't say anything to him the whole time. There's nothing between them. Yeah, there's not an actual interaction between them. Yeah, it's like, um, hello, I crave closure, and you need to give it to me now? It was such an unsatisfying way to wrap that up. Right? It just felt like they, it wasn't even half-assed, quarter-assed at best. Really, really dropped the ball on good story potential right there. Yeah, and like, not even just on the Hancock part of it. Like, they were building it up to be such a thing with McDonough being a synth, with, you know, having Piper accusing him of it, having it, like, be in the paper, things like that. Right, people being kicked out of the city and disappearing over accusations of him. Mm-hmm. And then, even between him and Piper, their dialogue is kind of a letdown. Yeah, it feels like there could have been, like, so much more done with that. It could have been a much better storyline. Here I am. Sad and unfulfilled. (laughs) Sounds like 2020 all over again. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically 2020. You know how it is. If only they had cared enough to put more stuff into him. It feels like they really only had hard eyes for Nick. And yeah, I get it. Yeah, I totally get it. I wanted like just a huge deep dive of all the characters. And Hancock in particular, he has such an interesting backstory What with his leaving Diamond City to try to help the ghouls who were kicked out. And then, you know, living in Good Neighbor, which was a absolute shithole. Yeah. I wouldn't say struggling with drug addiction. He fully enjoys his drug addiction. (laughs) That is a fact. Yeah. That definitely is a fact. Yeah. Then, like, how did he find the drug that turned him into a ghoul? I'm going to say that it's probably the exact same thing that Eddie Winters used. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So I want to know where he found it and how he found it. I want to know if he ever, like, ran into Eddie Winters at all. Probably not, but it would have been interesting had he. And I want to know more about him storming Good Neighbor and everything. Yeah. And getting himself set up shop in there. Right, because we get a little taste of that story. Mm Mm-hmm. But it definitely feels like it's glossed over to an extent. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you had an epiphany and then time went by. Then you did this thing. That's exactly how it's laid out. I know. And it's such, it has a potential to be just so much more than what they had it be. He goes and he finds John Hancock's outfit, right? I wish we could go to where he had found it and like actually visit that area, get more on the story of him having that epiphany and things like that. Yeah, like he would elaborate or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Going back to the scene with him and when you find out that his brother is a synth, Mm -hmm. I wish it would have been more elaborated upon like the whole thing with Dima and Nick was. And I I get that was a central part of the DLC. Yeah. But still. I think that if they were going to bother like setting that up how they did, they should have had the follow through to actually, you know, wrap it up. Yeah. Instead of being like... Oh, yeah, McDonough's dead now, and he was a synth. Oh, isn't that neat? Yay. Right, and you get that little bit of information about that from the terminal in the Institute, but still, by that point in time, it's like, yeah, obviously, he was a synth. We already knew that. (laughs) Yeah, please, I guessed it already. I won't lie, I didn't realize that Trash Can Carlo was an informant until I read that in the terminal. And so then I instantly saved my game, went to Sanctuary, and Mm -hmm. then shot her in the face. And then I had to reload that save, obviously, because everybody hated that. Obviously. Yeah. Fucking Trash Can Carla. I'm not buying shit from her in my next playthrough. And yet that's who I sell to all the time, because she's convenient. Exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll still sell to her because I'll just take all of her caps, but I will not purchase from her. Yeah, caps are caps, my dude. We all need a little bit of caps in the wasteland. Exactly. Yeah. The more I think about some of the companion storylines, the more upset I get, because it's like, you guys, you really could have done better with this. Yeah, it's true, because the companions, especially if you do Nick very first, and you get this long, drawn-out story, and then all of the interactions with every single little Mm -hmm. place in the Commonwealth and every single NPC, Mm -hmm. you only get, like, a quarter of that interaction with the rest of the NPCs. You still have a couple of areas where they will say something notable, and a couple of NPCs where they Mm -hmm. will act like they recognize them and banter with them, but definitely nothing mm-hmm. to the extent of the dialogue with Nick Valentine. Yeah, I agree. And I wish like there were more Hancock-centered quests to go on. Maybe they thought that they were doing a good job doing all these separate storylines and like you have a lot of companions and maybe they didn't want to give all the companions a deep compelling storyline. Yeah. But come on. I Almost would have preferred they cut out a couple of the companions. Yeah. Just so they could elaborate on others more. If it was a time crunch issue or something of that nature. Yeah, truthfully, I could have done without Kate. I don't care much for her. Deacon's alright, but I could do without him as well. Right. I mean, I guess he's part of a faction, so having him makes sense. Yeah, he's definitely not one of my favorites, What's his name? Like X99? That's definitely not the right number, but... Oh, X688. Yeah, there we go. I knew I had the wrong number, but I was like, I didn't write it down, and I didn't care for him at all, so... Yeah. I never spent a lot of time with him, because I could only stomach doing stuff for the Institute for so long. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. I definitely didn't deep dive into mm-hmm. that storyline, but I don't know a whole lot of people who did. So I feel like having him as a companion option was kind of a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. But that's only my current thoughts, because like I said, I did not travel with him more than I had to. Yeah, same. But I don't know. I feel like I love McCready. Don't get me wrong. But was he necessary to the game? Nah. Right. I also feel like his story was a bit more dragged out than other companions were. Mm-hmm. And for him not being an essential part of the game, that was a little odd to me. Yeah. Just, I think that they pulled him in more as of a being like, Hey, y'all, remember Fallout 3? Remember this little kid you guys all loved from Fallout 3? Here he is as an adult now, and he's got a kid who's dying, and... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, you know what? I did love him in Fallout 3. I love him in Fallout 4. But if someone needed to have an axe, you know, or to say to be cut, I would vote him. Right? Especially because they did a similar thing with dance. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was a unique thing for him in this game either. No, I agree. So, like, I just feel like there are quite a few companions who I could, I would have wanted cut. Yeah. And then replaced by an actual storyline to wrap up Hancock. Right. Like, honestly, Cogsworth is like that, too. Mm-hmm. Because I get him tying into pre-war. Mm-hmm. But I don't really feel like he needed to be a companion. He could have just been an NPC for the settlement. I agree. I like him. Don't get me wrong. But absolutely. Yeah. He's not a bad dude. No. He was frustrating for me just because I like to not be arrow straight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just don't feel like he needed to be a companion. Agreed. NPC around the settlement would have been fine. Agreed. Speaking of all of the companions, want to take a wild guess at where Hancock falls on the intelligence for all of them? Um... Oh, I don't know. No, just just think about him for a minute. Just think real hard about him. Well, I know he says that he prefers mentats because they make him feel intelligent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would have thought his actual intelligence would be not low, but probably a little higher than middle. He is the third most intelligent out of all of the companions. Well, shit. The only, the only two who beat him are Codsworth and Valentine. Okay, Valentine doesn't surprise me. Yeah, no, he doesn't either. Codsworth and Valentine both have an intelligence of 16. Hmm. Hancock has an intelligence of 14. Well, shit. I'm actually more surprised about how high Codsworth's intelligence is, honestly. Because he doesn't seem super intelligent to me. <laughs> I think he's like intelligent in his own way he comes off as a bit of a naive robot to me like especially when you're like trading him out for hancock and he's like oh it's so great that the mayor is watching over my master and it's like this mayor's a drug addict and he stabbed a man when i first met him but okay (laughs) right I can see intelligence in his programming, Mm -hmm. but him himself, I don't find super intelligent. And maybe I'm just salty because he told me a lot of times that I wasn't the person he thought I was. And it's like, why? Because I like to lockpick things now. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe you're just carrying that salt real heavy. I might be. I've (laughs) Uh, been known to hold grudges. It's fine. (laughs) And also fair, but... 
Yeah, no, it's shocking. Like, I thought for sure that Curie would be smarter than Hancock. Right. Not the case. I would have thought she would have been above Codsworth, at least, so. Yeah, no, she only has an 11. Hmm. Interesting. So, she's the fourth smartest out of all of them. Most of the others are, like, an 8. Kate's a 7, which means that she's not as smart as dog meat. <laughs> she's only barely smarter than Strong. Oh, gosh. I knew Strong would be at the bottom. Oh, yeah. No surprise there. Yeah, no surprise whatsoever. Strong and Gage, both sixes. Hmm. I would have thought Strong would have been, like, a hard four. <laughs> I would have thought that Gage would have been higher. Yeah. Like, he's a raider, don't get me wrong, but he was able to orchestrate the downfall of the previous leader of the raiders. So, you know, you think he'd be a little smarter, but maybe he's just a clever dumb boy, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but okay. Oh, that is completely fair, honestly. Yeah. He's a clever dum-dum, it's fine. I know. He's another character that we're going to talk about one day, and about how he breaks my heart, so. Completely fair. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there wasn't a lot of stuff they cleared up with Hancock to continue to complain about the shoddy work that was done on his storyline. We all know, and we all love Fahrenheit. I'm sure we all love her. I love her. Yeah. I want to cosplay her so bad. Okay, so the game files say that she's his daughter, which numerically doesn't really work. Not unless she's pretty damn young. Right. Um, The Vault Dweller's survival guide says that she's his main squeeze, which, if she's his daughter, gross. But then everyone in the game just calls her his bodyguard. So it's like, okay, so which is she? Can we clear this up, maybe? Right. Personally, I lean to just the bodyguard. Yeah. They don't seem to have anything romantically between them, and she definitely cannot be his daughter. There is no way. Just based on age and timing alone. Right? I'm wondering if that was the intended story. And then Mm -hmm. they decide to go another direction with it. It reminds me of, oh my goodness, what is his name? In the Minutemen, he's the mechanic guy. Sturgis. Sturgis, there we go. It reminds me of the fact that Sturgis is actually a synth and he drops Mm -hmm. a chip, but it's never mentioned. So I'm wondering if it was something that was intended to be brought upon and then never actually got Mm -hmm. elaborated on. So it was just, it's there in the files, but... It's no longer canon, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And that could be the case. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's just interesting to me, like, how many different things are being said about the two of them. Yeah. Also, I would have loved a little backstory on her as well. I know that I am real picky in that I want a backstory for everybody. And by backstory, I mean a full-on story. And I want to know everything. I want to know every detail of their lives. So a novel. You want a novel on every character. Yes. I would like a single novel for every interesting character that you have. Right. And thank you. But no, I just, I want to know where she came from, how she became Hancock's bodyguard. If there's like any meaning to the name Fahrenheit, besides the fact that she gives you a pretty sweet ass gun. But I don't know. Because he doesn't even talk about her either. And if you kill her, he doesn't, like, really seem all that mad about it. He'll still travel with you. Right. It's not a make it or break it situation. Which I feel like if she was his daughter, that would be a break it situation. Yeah, exactly. You generally can't kill someone's kid and have them still be your friend. No. No, definitely not. No, that's just not really how that works. Yeah, that ain't happening. Other than that, like, my research on this 
on him was pretty thin. Most of the things I like about him, like, were experiences while traveling with him. Like, I think he is witty and quirky, Mm -hmm. and I laughed at a lot of his dialogue. He is really funny. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. And then we've already talked extensively about his issue with the robot pirates, as I like to think of them. Yes, I love them. That really feels like something that didn't make sense. Yeah. And like a few of the characters do have a thing like that that just doesn't fit them at all. Right. And so it's very confusing to me because I would think that he'd be on the side of the robots, especially because those scavengers, they're being real sketch. They're being real sketch and real hostile for no real reason. Mm-hmm. Like if they had a legitimate reason... Like, maybe, you know, if that boat had crashed into their homes or something. Mm-hmm. But no, they just wanted to steal all the stuff. Yeah, so it really, like, made no sense to me that he would side with them. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe it was just an oversight on someone's behalf. Who knows? Maybe. I find Hancock's dialogue, the little bit of random dialogue he has with NPCs, quite charming most of the time Mm -hmm. because he tries to be stern but fair. Yeah. And you can kind of see him evolving into this mayor character. So I wonder how long he's been the mayor because like originally playing, I thought it'd been a while, 10 years minimum Mm -hmm. for the mayor aspect. Yeah. But maybe it's been like a year or so because people will come up to him and say that they're sorry they haven't paid him back. And he'll be stern with them. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody says they can't afford drugs or something, he will give them cams. (laughs) Which is nice, in a way. It's nice. (laughs) Right? It's it's interesting. I always thought it was kind of funny when you go to have dialogue with him and he offers you mentats. Yeah, it's like, oh, thanks, I'm going to sell these. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm not going to use these. Because I don't, I don't know why I don't, because I don't have anything against them in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. I just never seem to ever have used them. I think it was like a fear for me that's carried over from when I, start, when I first started playing Fallout. Yeah. Like when I was playing Fallout 3, I was just taking things willy nilly to see what would happen because I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you're addicted. And I was like, what? No, I can't be addicted. What's happening? Oh, no. And I like panicked over the top. Oh, my gosh. You know, it makes sense with the area where we grew up. Yeah. So like our upbringing, not giving our characters in video games drugs. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even use stealth boys in Fallout New Vegas unless oh, no. it seems absolutely necessary. And so far, I've said fuck it. <laughs> stealth boys are for selling, not for using. Exactly. I just hoard them. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I do the same with a lot of things. But no, it, just, it feels weird to use them to me, and I know that they probably are ex- actually extremely helpful in most cases. Right. But I'm just, like, so nervous. And that was part of the thing about Dead Money when I got hooked on them. Oh, what was it they had you take in Dead Money? But it was, like, the only thing I had to heal, basically. And then I was like, oh, you're addicted to this now. And it's just like, oh, God, one more thing. One more thing to worry about in this hellhole. 
Why? <laughs> oh, that's completely fair because dead money is just scary. It's true. I don't know why it's so creepy either because I have definitely played things that are way creepier than that DLC. There's just something that just gets under my skin with it. I think part of it for me was I was a higher level. I had a ton of stim packs hoarded. I had like a ton of gear. I was basically king of the fucking wasteland. And then I'm in dead money and all of my shit's gone. Right. I can't go near radios. That That's fair. That's completely fair. And it's like, oh God. I'm scared and basically naked and wearing a collar. Oh, God. This is not how I wanted to spend my Saturday night. Maybe it reminded me of the Saw series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think that's what it was for me, is it reminded me of watching Saw. (laughs) That makes sense. I can absolutely see that. I mean, it's definitely not as gory, but you are dealing with essentially a madman. Yeah, and who straps an explosive collar around your neck. Yeah, rude, by the way. Extremely rude. Plus you got like all those basically impossible to kill monsters in the air. I mean, not really monsters, but you know. Right. Which was neat, but terrifying. Thank you, New Vegas, for that nightmare fuel. So I don't, how did we get onto dead money? What were we talking about? (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) honestly. Okay. I don't know how we got here. Well, let's talk about the perk you can get if you max out Hancock's mm-hmm. Affinity. Which is fun. You should always max out Hancock's Affinity. Right, except for I never used it. The I I don't even know if I can say this correctly, honestly. The Isoped? Isoped? I don't know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like Isoped, but I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I'm not a scientist, so. His perk, but your crit meter fills 20% faster as long as the sole survivor has at least 250 rads, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But I always got rid of my rads almost immediately because I didn't want to deal with that. Same. I just like the little animation they have for it where it's uh, the Vault Boy style Hancock giving you a thumbs up. But he looks so serious. Right? It's adorable. It's so cute. I love it. Maybe that's another one for my thigh piece. Yes. Oh my goodness. Your whole leg is just going to be this masterpiece. If my tattoo artist ever comes back, I miss him. (laughs) Baby, come back. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel. But yeah, it's not particularly handy if you're not just soaking up them rads all day long. Right. But, you know, it's still, you gotta max that. My thing about it is, is like, I am an extremely aggressive gamer. I like to jump right into the action and mm-hmm. be in the people I'm fighting face. So yes. I have no sniping skills and it shows a lot in other games I play. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the rads interfere with my health is not okay by me, which is why I never let my rads get up. That's fair. I'm extremely aggro. It's fine. I let them get up a little bit, but not very much. But I also ascribe to your fighting style, and it is a danger. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to be better about it and be more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, strategic in my fighting. Right. But it's a slow process because it's boring. It's boring just sitting there. Yeah, like I definitely... Fight like a rogue in all games. In Skyrim, I do not. I am always a sneaky archer. No matter what I plan on doing, 
It's sneaky archer time. So, yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> you know what I find interesting? That Hancock doesn't like Deacon. And Deacon doesn't like Hancock. Right. It's a little odd. Right. I feel like there's a backstory there. I feel like it too. And, like, because they're both kind of jokesters. They're both goofy in a way. So I wonder if it's like a case of similar personalities clashing. Maybe. Kind of see why Hancock doesn't like Deacon because he's a compulsive liar and manipulative. That's but true. Hancock sounds like in his former premier life, he was probably the same way. Yeah. But I think you're right. It probably is a case of being too similar to like each other. Mm-hmm. But you think like he'd be a little nicer since Hancock as he says, turns a blind eye to the railroad doing stuff over in Good Neighbor. Right. So it's like, they're allies, but that weird kind of ally that doesn't really like each other. They're frenemies. Aw, frenemies. That's nice. There we go. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really cool if you could go from character to character and be like, hey, what do you think of this person? And like, actually get a full layout of how they feel about that character. Yeah. I don't really feel like Valentine likes Hancock a whole lot, but Hancock seems to like Valentine. Yeah, and that also makes sense because of Nick's a very by-the-book, straight-edge personality. Mm -hmm. I think he is fine with Hancock, you know, trying to help the people and all that good stuff, mm -hmm. but I don't think he appreciates his methods. That makes sense. I mean, he does just straight up stab a man for being rude, basically. It's true. It's just like, all right, well, you're being a rude bitch. Rude bitches get stabbed. Right. And Hancock's very, as long as you're not hurting the greater community, like it's okay to hurt mm -hmm. one person as long as they're being a shitbag. Mm -hmm. Nick's not really like that. Like, yes, he's against the bad guys, but he needs a legitimate reason. Yeah, he'll just sass you to death instead. So it would be really cool, though, if you could just go and talk to all the characters and be like, hey, what's the scoop on this other person? What do you think? Right. Another fun thing, if you're listening, Bethesda, why don't you just take all of my ideas that I'm giving to you right now? For free. And incorporate them. Yeah, for free. I won't charge you for this. You can just have them, but you have to do it. So, look, I'm nothing but a money-generating... <sighs> Hold on, I'm confused with my words. <laughs> I'm I'm nothing but an idea person who's going to generate you a lot of money if you just do as I say. And I'm not even asking for anything in return, but some good ass content. Right. You're yeah. an idea producing machine. And does Bethesda listen? No, they don't even know this podcast exists. How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> How dare. We are a very small fish in a very big ocean. So, uh, sad. Anyway. Uh, so I always like, we always talk about when, um, in-game content corresponds to real life. Mm -hmm. So, I gotta find the right note. Ha ha. So the old state house in Boston, where Hancock in-game lives from after he finds John Hancock's coat, mm -hmm. is actually where the real John Hancock's coat and Mayor Thomas Melville's hat are actually displayed in Boston. So that was pretty cool. What? I did not know that. That is so cool. 
But here's another question about that building. And this is me assuming you looked at the building. Are the staircases as weird in real life as they are in-game? I don't know. Let's take a gander at Mr. Google. Oh, perfect. Mr. Google, help us out. Thank you. (laughs) Right? Google, help us out and I can edit the pauses out later. Perfect. Images. I feel like I've been here before, actually. So I should know this. I feel like I've been here in real life. I did a fair amount of traveling around, but I don't know if I ever went into there. I don't remember where for sure I went when I went back east. Right? It's been so long. (laughs) They don't seem as oddly placed, though. Yeah, they're not as oddly placed as in-game, it feels like, from what I can see. Right. Yeah, I went past the level I needed to go so many times. Yeah. It's just a weird staircase in-game. Right? It's like they were trying to compress it down. That's probably exactly why it has the odd feel to it. Because I always ended up going to the wrong level. I was always either one level too high or one level too low. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're serious? (laughs) Yeah, it feels weirdly claustrophobic in that building. They probably were just trying to condense it down to fit better. I don't know how video games work, so I barely know how real life works. Same. Oh, no. But, yeah, that's not all I've got. Any more thoughts on your end? I, uh, he's one of my favorite companions to travel with. I like going on adventures with him. Mm -hmm. I had this, like, personal goal to max affinity as many of the companions as I could. Mm -hmm. But whenever I needed a break from a companion or when I had leveled up all the companions I had currently found, I always was drawn back to traveling with him, which was kind of a pain Mm -hmm. in the ass because I did it because I liked his personality and I liked his quirks. Mm -hmm. But I'm a PC gamer and his fucking coat glitches all the goddamn time. Oh, no. And it would, (laughs) like, no, and the worst thing, so it was like the tail coat, like the tails of his coat Uh would elongate to the size of like a fucking bus. Oh, my God. (laughs) And... It would just block, like, half the screen, or he'd, like, tail whip me with his coat, and I'd go across the room. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish I would have taken a picture of it so I could show you exactly what I'm talking about. But, yeah, basically, Hancock just tail whips me like a goddamn Pokemon all the time. God, that's insane. I've never had a glitch that crazy. Oh, yeah, it was insane. Like... I, I had heard of Bethesda and its glitches, mm-hmm. but... Good lord. Yeah. We were not ready. I was not. I was not prepared for that, and I have not been prepared for all the glitches in New Vegas, and I have heard that it's, like, way worse than the other ones. Oh, yeah. And so far, I'm not disappointed in all these glitches. Houses disappear before my very eyes. You're just really high in the wasteland. That's all it really is. Right. I'm just... I never fully recovered from being shot in the head. It's fine. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, does one ever really fully recover from being shot in the head? Probably not. Emotionally? No, never. There will always be that (laughs) scar. Damn you, Benny. Damn you! Um, Have you taken Hancock into... I'm going to mix them up again and I know it. Vault 81? Mm. The disease vault? I have not. 
I actually had not found that vault yet. Ah. And I don't know how because I have traversed across the map intentionally to unlock as many places as possible. Yeah, there's always going to be somewhere you miss, basically. Right. It's difficult. But you should take him into there because the people will obviously be real assholes about the fact he's a ghoul. Yeah. And boy, howdy, does he just sass them right back. And it is delightful. Oh, good. It's an absolutely amazing thing. It's just like, why should we help you guys with your problems? You're going to be rude. Right? He just is so sassy in it. I love the fact that he's, like, fully embraced his ghoulism. Mm -hmm. Like, he even makes some self-deprecating jokes along the way about it. I want to know if he's really missing a toe. Right? I didn't write it down, but one of his dialogue things says something about how they think the soul survivor is the missing piece Mm -hmm. and then he comes back with that which you know happens sometimes as a ghoul yeah she's like oh my gosh he is an absolute sweetheart is the other thing though right he says such sweet things and it's like oh oh my heart why are you so sweet See, this is exactly why he has become your ghoul husband, though. That's exactly it. Basically, the instant you're nice to me, that's you're my companion for life. Right, and even though I've heard his bar joke probably 1,000 times, I still never get sick of it. Oh my god, yeah. It's funny. And if you take him over into Nuka World and into the... What is it called? The little spinny fair thing. I don't know. Oh, the Kitty Castle or Kitty Carnival or that area? No, it's with the Hibologist and it looks like a UFO. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Gravitron, but it's not called that in the game. (laughs) Yes, yeah. I wrote on one of those many, many times. Right? I got very ill. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out that there's only so many times you can ride that that your body will accept. So... (laughs) But if you take him into there, he'll act like he's riding on it. And, like, afterwards, he'll, like, bend over with his hands on his knees looking unwell. And it's just like, oh, you dork. That's so funny. I still can't believe I fucked that up and killed all those people. (laughs) If I have one regret, it's still probably not that. But I am kind of sad about it. You feel a little bit bad about killing all those cult people? I feel the bads, yes. It was a cult, if that helps at all. It wasn't a dangerous cult, though, so... No, it was just a bunch of dummies being dumb. Just some crazies wanting to go to space, it's fine. I mean, that seems like a real theme. You got, oh, what's their names? The Bright Followers in New Vegas. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be someone in Fallout 3 and I'm just forgetting. But <laughs> you go to space in Fallout 3. That's horrifying. I hated it. What? No, thank you. Yeah, you get fucking abducted by a UFO. What the fuck? No, it's horrible, Tia. There are aliens on that ship. Oh, God. Apparently I should have started playing that one before New Vegas. Huh. Yeah, and Sharon just doesn't say anything either. I was just out there walking across the wastelands with Sharon and dog meat. And then I fucking get abducted by aliens, and when I finally get back, do I get anything said to me? No. It's like he didn't even care. Oh, no. I went to space. I saw a samurai in space. (laughs) Wow. You're not even gonna ask me what happened? Did you- What did you think happened to me, Sharon? (laughs) 
Maybe, since I have real no context of Fallout 3 yet, <laughs> maybe I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was one of those things where times, like, went different and it only affected you and, you know, you might have blinked in and out of existence for him. He didn't even notice because it's just so hot and dry in the desert. I'm, I'm giving him no excuses. <laughs> I was traumatized. <laughs> I fucking hate aliens. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> it was so terrifying for me. Oh, goodness. Ugh, hated it. I believe it. We went off on a whole other thing again, but still. That's all right, because I feel like we're probably nearing the end of this episode. I think this is a good place to end it. On my extreme fear of aliens and my being traumatized <laughs> and my ghoul boyfriend from a previous game letting me down. Well, if anyone else wants to talk about their trauma-filled experiences from Fallout 3... You can find links to all of our social media at awkwardintrovertpod.fireside.fm. Amazing. And don't forget to like, subscribe, review, tell your friends, tell your family, tell people you hate. I don't care. Tell everybody. Tell it to the bees, I guess. (laughs) So (laughs) that's a saying, just so everyone knows. I learned that recently. Oh, no. Yeah, you. if something happened with a family, you would go out and you'd tell the bees. It was important. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I try to avoid them because the man in my life is allergic to bees and therefore my children may be allergic to bees, but you know, oh no. each their own. I'm about to get into beekeeping. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. I like honey. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> so valid. And on that note, guys, we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.